Well, we, I can't think of the word, I was going to say progress, proceed, continue through the book of Ephesians. We have reached partway through chapter 4, and we will be going into chapter 5 this morning. Um, Please make sure you're comfortable. You all are. You want to sit as far away from possible as me. Yeah, that's good. It's fine. I'm not upset. Miranda is coming up to read our Bible passage this morning. Ephesians 4, verse 17, to 5, verse 2. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him according, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desire, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbour, for we are all members of one body, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Thank you, Miranda. So we've had some very um, 
exciting bits of Ephesians, some very lofty ideas, and now we sort of get down to the nitty-gritty. I don't know whether any of you here have ever been to a fancy dress party. Probably. You've been to quite a few. When I was... um, I've been to quite a few as well. When I was younger, I remember this one. Um, I used to live in a place called Warsaw, not Warsaw, as many people sometimes... Oh, you're from Russia? No. (laughs) Warsaw, the West Midlands. Not quite as glamorous. Well, I don't know. And um, there was a party that my friend was having for her... What must it have been? 16th, even. And um, it was in the middle of Warsaw at night, and it was a 70s party. Because it was the 80s, 70s parties were sort of the thing, and so you used to borrow your mum's clothes that she still had in her wardrobe. So my friend and I glammed up in our 70s gear and walked, well, went on the bus into town. People thought we were a bit weird, but we're like, we're going to a party, it's fine. And then we walked through the centre of town and we went into this pub where the party was, and we went to the bar and they said parties downstairs. So we went down the stairs and there's a little window that you could look through onto the party. And we, went, we looked through and we're like, we went back up and we said, are you sure that's the 70s party? Said, yeah, yeah. Went down, looked through, no one's dressed up in 70s gear. It was like optional. So there's me and my friend all glammed up. So we walked in and everyone's like, oh. And we're like, oh. And it was a little bit embarrassing and we thought, well, you know, we're not going to stay here. No one's in the mood, no one's dressed up. So we thought we'd go to the cinema instead. <laughs> so we set off, walked through town, queued for the cinema, went in, sat down in our 70s gear, and there we were. Because we thought that was more acceptable than going to a 70s party when no one's dressed up. Watching Uncle Buck, dressed like Charlie's Angels. It was a bit random. It was really a bit odd. But you see, for that one night... We thought, well, it doesn't matter. We're different anyway. We're standing out anyway. Let's just go and do something normal and everyone can stare. Who cares? It's the 80s. Anything goes. We stood out from everyone else at the cinema in our 70s gear, albeit unintentionally. We hadn't intended to do that. We were doing a normal thing like everyone else on a Saturday night, but we were dressed in 70s clothes and so we stood out from everyone else around us. I know here in the letter to the Ephesians, the bit that we've got to, this image of standing out, if you like, is where Paul has got to in his message to these churches. Because having talked about the grace and the love of God, that which has brought unity and life and forgiveness and gifts to the church. Having talked about all that, Paul now gets down to the nitty-gritty of what it looks like to actually live lives for God. In the light of all that he has done, all that Paul's talked about in the last few chapters, this is what it now looks like to live out these lives for God. He gets down to what it actually means to live following Jesus in and amongst people who don't follow Jesus. Or if you like, Paul now gets down to what it means to dress differently to everyone else around them. So that as Christians, these people stand out from the crowd. And he begins by being quite blunt, actually. He says, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, 
that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. You must no longer live as those around you do because they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. I insist on this, says Paul, that you must no longer live like everyone else. Not because they are evil, necessarily, or terrible people, or have done horrendous things, although some of them might have done, and not because they are unimportant or any less than you, but purely and simply because they do not follow God. They have no understanding of God's ways. They're living lives by a different set of values. They're living for themselves and they're living for those closest to them. And Paul wanted to make this point clear right at the beginning of this passage because in a letter written to new followers of Jesus, he wanted to make a clear distinction between the way of life of those who didn't follow God and the way of life of those who now did. And so he says to this Ephesian church and all the other churches that then read this letter, you can no longer live like the people you used to live like. You can no longer act in the ways that you used to act. You can no longer speak in the ways that you used to speak. Because those around you, they don't understand the things that you have been taught. They don't know about the different life that can be lived They don't understand all the ways of God that you have been taught. So you need to show them. And you need to show them by living life differently. By living in a way that stands out. So they can see there is actually a new life that can be lived. Because following God, says Paul, in effect, is not simply a case of meeting together and sharing the gifts that I've talked about in the last passage that God has given within the confines of the church. It's not simply a case of seeking to reach maturity by using these gifts within the church to progress your Christian life so that you feel more mature. Following God is also a matter of living the whole of your lives differently as well. Your life in church and your life out of church. Your life in the home and your life out of the home. Your life wherever you might go. Your life wherever you might be. Because following God is like being dressed in different clothes. All of the time. So that wherever you might be, you stand out. And not only because you look different but because you speak differently as well, because you act differently, because you feel things differently. And so to show this new way of being to those around, you need to embrace these new clothes completely. You need to put them on and you need to wear them, whether you're in church, whether you're at the cinema, whether you're at a party, wherever you might be, you need to wear these new clothes that you've been given. Or to be more specific, as he says in this passage, you need to put on the new self, the new self that you've got in Jesus Christ, which means that you no longer badmouth or slander, you no longer hold on to anger or react badly, you no longer steal or take from others, you no longer become bitter or malicious. You no longer let those natural reactions rise up and lead you as they used to, but instead you are different You are truthful, you are gracious, you are loving, which in everyday life, says Paul, works itself out as giving instead of taking. 
and sorting out the issues that give rise to anger instead of reacting, of speaking in ways that are truthful and encouraging instead of harmful, of being kind and compassionate instead of bitter and resentful, which works itself out in everyday life as following God's example and living a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Instead of living a life for ourselves and those closest to us. Because when you put on this new life, says Paul, you need to live differently, both when you are together as a church and also when you are apart. Which I'm guessing most of us sitting here know and most of us sitting here realise we should do. And which, I have to say, also sounds extremely good. And very, very easy. Until you get out of bed in the morning and try and put it into practice. And then time and time again, it all goes to pot. Well, it does for me anyway. I don't know about everyone else. Because, you know, it's all very well talking about being different, isn't it? It's all very well talking about dressing up in different clothes and standing out and putting on a new self created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. We can love that concept. I love that concept. I like the idea of putting on new clothes. I love the idea of embracing a new life. I love the idea of being new and standing out and speaking differently and setting an example and just being wonderful. I can totally buy into that dream. But when I seek to live like this, When I see the details that Paul has written in this passage, it becomes very hard. Very, very hard indeed. It's hard, I think, to deal with what makes us angry rather than reacting in anger. It's hard to be encouraging to other people, especially when we feel bitter or tired or upset by that person. It's hard to be truthful without actually being a little bit hurtful. It's hard to be kind and compassionate when we are hurt and upset or tired and exhausted or just, I just don't feel like being kind today. It's hard to do it. It's really hard to live differently, to dress in different clothes for a prolonged period of time, let alone the rest of our lives. Do you know there's a well-known story about a man who went for a job at a zoo. I'm sure a lot of you have heard this story. And when he went to the zoo for this job, he realised it was a rather unusual job. It was actually a job dressed as one of the animals because what had happened was the gorilla, famous gorilla at the zoo, had died. And they got a lot of visitors to look at the gorilla, so they needed this man to dress as the gorilla and just sit there and eat and just sleep so that they'd get the visitors in. So it's fine. He went, oh, well, okay. Pay sounds good. I'm sure I can do that. You know, there's no other animals in my cages. It's like, no, it's just the gorilla. So put on the gorilla suit. He thought he looked quite good. Passes the gorilla. Went and sat in the cage and just dozed off. Was all fine. People were coming to see the gorilla. But then he got a bit fed up. And so he got up and he walked around. Did a few gorilla noises. 
people seemed to like this, and they threw a few peanuts in. They like peanuts, so he thought, oh, this is the result. So he started to do a few little tricks, jumping around, you know, coming up to the cage. I don't think gorillas do this. And more peanuts. Brilliant. So then he started swinging around in the trees, grabbing onto ropes, swinging about. People were gathering, gathering in. Wonderful. He kept doing this, and then as he was doing one brilliant massive swing, the rope broke, and he flew out of his cage and landed in the cage next door, which had a massive lion in. And suddenly, the gorilla jumped up and started going, help me, help me, I'm not really a gorilla. I'm not, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. And the lion, on hearing this, pounced upon him, pinned him down and said in his ear, will you shut up or she'll get us both fired? (laughs) You see... The thing is that as people who are seeking to follow God, I think that in a weird way we can sometimes be like the gorilla. That instead of putting on a new way of life that we fully enter into and embrace, these new clothes which become part of us, instead we sometimes simply play dresser. You know, acting a certain way in certain places. Happy to put on the clothes. Happy to put on the new way of life in certain situations. But finding it really difficult to wear them in others. And happy to take them off as if they're just dress-up clothes. And we can try really hard to be different at certain times and in certain places while not really embracing the new life and all that it contains, to the point that we sacrifice our old life completely. And if we do that, it might work for a bit, but there will come a time, a moment, a crisis, a difficult day, a party, an illness, a tired week, a family argument, when the things we thought we were keeping in check by wearing our new life, the things that belong to our old self, they just suddenly burst out of us. Happens to me regularly just before the school run. They burst out. And we act as if we're no different to anyone else around us, even though we thought we really were and we think we really should be. And, you know, I think that's why Paul, when he urges these new Christians to live differently, when he insists on it, telling them to put on the new self and being blunt about their difference to others, he also reminds them that this difference comes from a change that takes place within that this difference comes from a change that happens within their heart and their mind. Not just a change in their actions, not just hard work to make it happen, but by being made new in the attitude of their minds. Because Paul, of all people, knew how very hard it was to change. And that the only way to really change behaviour was to change heart and mind that would lead to a change of behaviour in a sustained and real way. Or if you like, it's only when we let the teaching of Jesus 
and the life of God and the power of the Holy Spirit mould and shape us day in and day out. When we come back to the word of God again and again and again and the way of Jesus all the time, that we can really live out a sustained and long-lasting different life. Or as the letter to the Colossians says, it's only when we set our hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and our minds on things above, not earthly things, that we can really live out the life God has given us, whatever our circumstances and wherever we are. And you know, that's really hard. That can be really hard. And sometimes it can be a real struggle because it means that time and time again, we need to check how our heart is. We can't just carry on doing and doing and doing. We need to come back to see how our heart is. And we need to make sure that our mind is still open to God and still ready to receive. Because it's only when we pay attention to our hearts and only when we pay attention to our minds as well as our actions that we can really feel comfortable in the new clothes that we have been given rather than dressing up now and again because if our hearts are different if they remain soft and vulnerable and sensitive and our minds are open to God if we continue to grapple with the issues and come back to his word and try and work out what that means for us don't just take the answers everyone's told us but try and work these things through then we will be different if we do that, it won't, matter. it won't be a matter of trying and failing and trying and failing. We will stand out, even if we think we don't, because we will have truly taken on a new way of being, one where our hearts are different and our minds are changed. We will find that wherever we are and whatever we are doing, we are living lives of love, just as Christ did. And that's what Paul asks us to do here. It's a good opportunity at the beginning of Lent to think about our hearts and our minds. To think, maybe give ourselves a a health check. You can get those, I think, can't you? Maybe we should do one on our hearts and minds during Lent. Are our hearts still able to be shaped and moulded by God? Are our hearts sensitive and open? Are our minds still grappling with the things of God? Or have we just accepted all those things we learnt years ago and never questioned and never asked and never searched? Lent is a good time to check our hearts and minds.